Can I get a hanyak? What's up, my hanyaks? How you guys doing? Hope you're having a pretty darn freaking good day. PDFG, folks, you already know what it is. Shirt design is primed and ready to go uh, for the eventual day we have merch. Welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast. It is going to be... It is. We are going... I am. The thing is, you know the thing, is I really have... Uh, in real life, I I've, I keep having all these soundboard moments where it's something happens and I'll I'll use some you know viral quote just like I did there. It's like you know the thing and uh, or someone was telling me how their friend someone they know tripped up the stairs and I was like oh they went full Biden and you know fun little moments like that or <laughs> freaking Fauci. It just makes it just it just makes common sense and. Different different things like that that can be used in a funny way. So maybe I'll get to the soundboard eventually. Who knows? Who knows? The setup keeps upgrading. But anyways, we are doing another deep dive into the archives of my notes. The undead, revi- the zombie notes, if you will. The ones that died, that did not make the cut, that are now making the cut far too late after the fact. So... Uh, I think I found my title for this episode, but as more deep dive archives are called the Undead Notes, Undead Note Diaries? Doesn't make sense. The Undead, mm, we'll figure something out. Zombieland Notes, I don't know. It, it, oh. <laughs> Some real word vomit going on there. So uh, we did 10 last time. I don't know how we're going to do this time. We'll maybe look at doing 10. It depends on the types of rabbit holes, rabbit trails we go down and foxholes. Rabbit hole works, you know. How far down we go the rabbit into the words are hard. Yeah, words are hard. So this is a great start to this podcast. If you're still listening and with me, I promise I will recover. I'll make a. He's gonna make. He's gonna make a full recovery, Doc. Uh, he's gonna make a full recovery. It's fine. I don't know why you'd be telling the doctor. This is just brutal. All right, first note. A lot of cool shoes, quote unquote. I do not like at all. Big example, foam posits. So this is something that I, uh, I'm not, I'm not a sneakerhead. And first of all, let's back this up. If you haven't figured out, well, I don't know why you would have figured this out, but, uh, I'm the type of person who really doesn't care about trends and fashions and style. I wear and dress how I like. And then about every five, 10, 15 years, however quickly the site, the fashion cycle goes, I end up being trendy or in style uh like i'm fortunate enough you know long hair beards have really uh, been in style now for a while and it's just like oh i happen to do that i happen to be with the trend on that one but more so but i didn't care i wasn't like oh long hair's in let me grow it out i was like no i I want long hair i want a beard and turns out that's the best look for me and so i wear that and if it happens to be the style now i will say it has shifted gears I, i'm not on that mustache train at all no I've got the most pedo porno mustache uh, out there. It's horrible. It's so just it's just thin and blonde and kind of wispy and doesn't get full at all. Like if I if I had the full blown 1980s cop uh, caterpillar stash, oh, you know I would definitely spend some time just stashing. I would stash so hard, but I do not. <laughs> it's bad. And how I know I look bad is basically I'll put my hand uh, and 
put the webbing uh, between my thumb and and the rest of my hand, like kind of on my chin, and then cover up, basically cover up my my beard where it's only my mustache, and I kind of formulate what I look like and I'll look in the mirror and yeah, it's, it's really bad. So we, that's why we stick with this, but I don't care about this sort of thing. Now I I like what I like. I like bright colors. I like cool stuff, but sometimes, and for the most part though, I can't understand why I I can, uh, or I can understand like why certain things are popular. This looks cool or that is cool or whatever. But uh, I find myself a lot looking at certain shoes and the shoe culture and what is cool. And when people are like, oh, yeah, check these out. And I look at them and I go, those shoes look goofy. Like, they just look, a lot of shoe designs out there, they look goofy and kind of, like, cartoony, I guess. And I'm just not into it at all. I guess I'm a I'm a traditionalist in terms of my tennis shoe. I don't know. I, I, I can't describe what I like in a shoe, really. Uh, outside of... Good functionality and bright colors. I don't want I don't want a black on black or a gray on gray shoe, which as a guy sucks. If uh, all my all my all my male hanyaks out there, can, uh, this this is definitely can I, can I get a hanyak uh, moment because they they love to make bright colors for women and for kids and for dudes. They go look, guys. We know uh, that you're boring. And you're you're too stupid to get any kind of uh, color scheme outside of your basic grays, navies, blacks, and reds, and so that's what that's what you get. And it's frustrating because a lot of times I have to walk through or walk by the kids section. I'm like, that's a sweet shoe design, and then I go look at the same model shoe in men's, and that's navy, and it's gray, and it's black. Those are my options. And I'm like, can I get this splatter paint design that you're making for eight-year-olds? Which I guess maybe that speaks to more of the fact that I am just an eight-year-old. So, yeah, I, I am. that is my mindset. And, I mean, I'm just shamelessly, I like I like bright colors. I like to be loud uh, not, we, <laughs> audibly and non-verbally with the clothes that I wear. So, that's where I stand. All that to say... I don't like a lot of the popular shoe designs. I think I mentioned the guy in the sauna who had the Yeezy sandals, which look like they look like knockoff Croc Looney House shoes. Like people get sent to mental institutions, and 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 when you think of okay, you know, if there were the sweats and socks and then these like just generic sandals, these are the these are beige like single piece. It looks like a single mold uh, Croc like material sandals that look horrendous they look so bad they're like 80 bucks or a hundred and something bucks brand new and they're yeezys and and that's where that's where i would postulate that with shoe culture it's a lot more about the exclusivity of of things than it is about the actual design it's kind of like it's so exclusive and and this is naturally how things go with human nature you know things that are exclusive drive the price up more and so i think it's I think that's really the bigger driver in shoe culture than cool-looking shoes. Don't get me wrong. There are some cool-looking shoes. You know, there's a lot of Jays I like, and there's a lot of stupid ones that I look at and I go, I don't get it. I just, I just don't get it. I think it looks stupid. And, and, and But people, a lot of times those are the shoes people are freaking raving about. Oh, my gosh, the classic look. And, I, and then, and I don't know, they, I see them on your feet, and I'm like, okay, so your feet look like cartoons, and the rest of you look like a normal person. And it almost, I don't want to say clown shoe, because that's not what it, the vibe that it gives across, but it's just, 
I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. And uh, it has to be exclusivity because I think it's one of those things where it's like, ah, I want this because of exclusivity. There's an there's inherent wanting in me because it's wanting longing for this item because of the exclusivity. So then we justify that it, we like the design and we try and we try and convince ourselves that it looks good. And we maybe don't realize we're doing that. That or a bunch of sneakerheads have bad taste. Either one could be true for me. And uh, I'd be fine with it because I really don't care that much. Because to me, that's the other thing is like I can't keep anything clean. I bought these sweet golf shorts. These awesome PGA Tour shorts from Ross. They were like no, they were 12 bucks or something like that. You know, like $40 pair of shorts. Awesome. So comfortable. Wore them twice. Go to put them on the third time. Look down. Grease stain and on the crotch. And I go, perfect. It looks like I perpetually peed a little bit. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, me. I don't even remember, like, being in a situation where I could have dripped any grease. It's so frustrating. So I I use shout wipes. I use stain remover. And I think I get it out. And then I go and look, like, I don't know, a week later when I go back to wear them again. And I put them on. And I'm like, sweet. And then I look in the mirror. And what do I see? A very, very faint stain. It's faint enough, but it's still freaking there. So anybody who, who, who's had to take out stains before, because I've watched these twice now in that situation and who have had to deal with stains and, and whatnot, the difficult stains too. What, what do I do? Help. Play SOS. I'm, uh, I'm freaking Tom Hanks on Castaway here in, in stain form. I need help. Ugh. It's bad. So same, So imagine that with like, if that's my t-shirts and shorts, imagine the thing that I walk around on. It makes contact with the ground. Yeah, my shoes get dirty so fast. And shoe care? Nah, no, it's it's my feet. It's like I, it's, it's like when people complain about, oh, I have ugly feet. And I'm like, everyone's feet are ugly. They're the thing that you use to walk with. They're the thing that make contact with the ground. They spend the most time in the dirt. They live in the dirt on the ground with all the grody stuff. Like it's, it's your mode of transport. You know, it's why I don't use tire shine. I don't, because my tires are the thing making contact, get me from place to place. I, I, I like a nice shiny paint job and hood and, and clean windshield, but tires could give a rip. All right. They can be, they can be a little bit dirty. That, that just means they're getting used. You know what I'm saying? So I don't get it. Uh, foam posits. I got to pull these up because it's been a minute uh, here on the zombie notes episode, the undead episode. Foam posits. Oh, I think I know exactly what shoe this is. Which, by the way, if I remember, I'll put a link to the Dumb Easy Sandals. And... Okay, so I don't hate all... So if you look up foam... If you Google foam posits, like the first three pictures, I'm like, I don't like it. It's like this weird like ripple wave thing. And I don't know, it just looks hokey. There are, like I said, there are some designs I can get behind. But for the most part, they almost just look like the Shaq Gnosis. Like a slightly different version of the Shack Gnosis. And, ooh, I like those ones. See, I like some of these. Are those, those chrome? Uh, I think that kind of works, works better than the first couple images. But, yeah, Yeezy sandals and foam posits uh, are freaking wild. Yeezy slides, sorry. The, the Yeezy thing, I the Yeezy look of the shoe has grown on me. And... It... 
I like it a little more now, but I still have never loved the Yeezys. And that is one of the biggest, like, collector shoe things. And they have the stupid little uh, number label on the side and whatnot. And there are some colorways I kind of like. But overall, I'm like, I'm not really a fan of the look of the shoe. Which, for me, it's like if I were to get some of those, it would probably just come down to exclusivity or some type of cool theme, you know? So, I don't know. On to the next note. Uh, looks like we're not going to get to 10 notes. We'll see. So, I don't know if I still stand, if I'm still at this position as because due to a, a very recent thought of mine that came through my head. But this this note from years ago said, I'm anti-tips system. So, this context I remember. It is because, you know, in America... And almost in, in certain ways, almost exclusively, you know, we have the whole server. You're expected to tip at restaurants and things, tip your waiters because the whole system of they get paid like two dollars and thirty cents an hour, but there's a certain minimum. If they don't make that minimum, then they'll whatever they can. I, I don't know exactly how it works, but basically they make their money off tips, which a means it's unstable. And guess what? People always people always frame it as like, oh, you're not gonna you you won't make very much money. Or, or there's a possibility that you may not make very much money. But what I find is people who like to work in the server, work in the serving and in, server industry, service industry as servers and waiters and enjoy it. They like it because you're also not capped. It's not saying, oh, I make $12 an hour. And so I'm only going to make, and, and if I'm working 40 hours a week, it's like, I'm only going to make this much. It's like, no, I can have a great night and make $200 cash in tips and that, you know, that can cover me. Then I can cover for a few bad days. So it equals out. But a lot of times though, it's like when you, if you can find your way into a nicer restaurant, a lot of times you're making really, really good money. Like servers at, it's not, a, it's not a, it's no longer seen as like an intermediary. Like, Oh, I, you know, I waited tables in college. It's like, no, I'm a professional waiter at a, at a high end restaurant making Buku 60, 70, hundred K a year, you know, because I'm, I work my way into it. So it's got a lot of respect for that. And it's like, and that in large part can be due to tips, you know, but then you go to other countries and it's like, no, they, they just like any other job, their wage is normal and they make, you know, they make whatever normal pay and then tipping isn't expected. And so that's how it's, you know, you don't always tell American, uh, abroad because they, they're, they're automatically tipping and people are kind of thrown off. It's like, no, you only tip if there's something extra special that happens. But it's here. It's like, if you don't tip, you're a jerk. You, they stiffed me, you know, and it's like, whoa, okay, maybe not. Or, you know, you're bad tipper or good tipper and all those sort of things. So to me, I never liked the volatility of it because being liking, liking to know what I'm going to spend up front, meaning I can look at the menu and say, I'm going to get this. My wife is going to get this. It's going to be about 22 bucks. And then I would always forget like, you know, you then, oh, well, I have to tip three or four bucks. So it's actually, it's, I can't really calculate it from that. I guess you can, if you're thinking about it and saying it out loud, I sound a lot more stupid and more Hanyakish about it. But yeah, that's where I stood. I was like, I, I don't like the, the variability in that. And also I don't like necessarily that then there's this pressure and that can put me in the mindset of if they don't give me good service, I'm not going to tip. And so it's almost a security blanket in that sense. But at the same time, it does keep the waiters in check. So I don't know. I'm a lot more indifferent to it now, but definitely at the time I was like, I, I, I kind of like the system of like, look, they just get paid like a normal job, but then it's like, you may not guarantee you as good of service. 
And then for the servers, it, it may not, you know, you're, you're kind of capped and you, but you, but you're capped, but you're guaranteed money. So it's that security over kind of Liberty. Like you're at Liberty to make a lot more, a lot less, or you could have the security of just making a, a set amount more or less, but you will never make below X amount. So where do you stand? And if uh, any of any of my people who are servers out there or have an opinion, would you, do you like, do you like the fact that we are in a tips Oh, a tip system, we'll say, or are you more of a, you you like it how other people, other places do it, where it's tips are not expected, tips are extra, it is a truly a tip. And then secondary secondary thought, I don't tip a lot of times if I'm going in and getting takeout take and like there's no real server experience. I get the pandemic kind of muddied the waters and I was so I was tipping a lot more, but like what do you do? Like my barista, I don't get coffee, but... This is a, a really easy example. It's like I go, my barista makes me a coffee, and it's like turns around and asks you for a tip. It's like, no, no tip because you're made. Well, first of all, if you're at Starbucks, I know you're making like 12 to 14 whatever dollars an hour. So the tips are just, they, they are a bonus at that point. So, you know, it's and it's weird, and I wish it was a little bit more clear cut. I almost, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, hey, are you making like, two dollars and 30 cents because i'm gonna tip then or then or are you making like a regular wage because now i just feel like this is highway robbery uh always pushing the how much do you want to tip and i was like no tip or custom tip zero dollars you know but i don't know maybe i'm too too caught up in it in my frugality and being real mr Krabs here and i need to have more grace i will say i do like the practice of occasionally saying hey for the next week or the next couple times i eat out or for a month however you want to do it just being like i'm going to tip either a set amount or i'm going to tip whatever my bill is or just to uh to, to basically be overly gracious with your with a tip for no for no reason regardless of whatever happens but almost just to a keep yourself from being caught in the mindset that the the overly frugal Mr. Krabs curmudgeon mindset about your money and having too tight of a grip, but then also to bless someone else with to, to possibly make their day or help them out uh, with, you know, unknowingly or unwittingly, but to, I think, keep a reminder that we need to be charitable, charitable as people. And there's your, there's your, in, <laughs> your middle of the episode, uh, <laughs> your non-sponsored middle of the episode life lesson for you. All right, so hmm. All right, I don't know. So we're we're, we're coming we're coming kind of to I think where I wanted this cap to be. We've gotten through two notes, people. So these are a total crapshoot, and I love it. And keep the feedback coming because I want to know what you think of it. But we'll we'll cap it out on this. All right. Uh, why do I have such outrage at furthering of tobacco products? Okay, so this is an interesting one. On a side note, this is funny. I hate it extra now that I have long hair because it stinks. I really have a vendetta against smoking. So first and foremost, don't like smoking. Don't like the smell. Don't like the smell of weed either. Not, not into any of that. And then now, after having long hair and, and a beard for, for a number over half a decade now, I've, or actually closer to a decade. Uh, wow, it's crazy. I I hate it even more because like my wife and I like to go two step uh, two stepping, uh, country dancing, and 
now I think the club is non-smoking, but when it was smoking, it's like you come home and it's like you, you get a whiff of your hair and it's like, woof. I would have, I have, I've had to wash my hair twice before to fully get all that smoke smell out. Something about the ha- your hair just loves to soak it up and seep it in and it just gets baked in and it is rough. It's like, you know, sometimes you're like, look, I can kind of go to bed. It's like, I probably should shower. I'm going to go to bed though. I'm going to shower in the morning and it'll be fine. You can't do that. And so, A, didn't like smoking already. B, had long hair, hated even more. And then to, to, to circle back to the Jen Psaki style, actually, to circle back that style, we're not going to circle back, but to follow the Saki way and circle back to the first part of the note, why do I have such an outrage at furthering of tobacco products? So this comes on an interesting note where I worked at 7-Eleven for like six weeks because there, there was a weird period of time between jobs and I, was, I just needed a job. 7-Eleven was hiring, paying well. I was like, yeah, let's try it out. It wasn't horrible, uh, but wasn't great and I'll never do it again. And I realized I never want to work convenience store or any type of counter where tobacco products are sold because I personally don't like tobacco products. I know, oops, I know I can't stop people from using tobacco products. And, you know, I can accept that. However, I do not want to be the vehicle through which people are getting their tobacco products. And especially, especially working at 7-Eleven. Man, you'd see people come in and, you know, sometimes it's just like, I'm not, I'm not really not trying to be judgmental, but people come in and they, they want to get their two packs of smokes or whatever. And I, and I just see him and I go, you really don't need this. Like, you really should stop. I didn't say this to people, but this is going through my mind. You know, it's like you, you see someone and just, and, you know, it comes from a, I'd like to think it comes from more of a compassionate, caring place of like, I want people, I want the best for people. And, and it's clear that smoking is not good for you. So it's a pretty easy call to make when you see someone smoking and be like, yeah, shouldn't do that because, you know, of all the, so many things that come out of it. But it, you know, it's one thing for me to just be around people who are smoking. It's like, look, that's what you want to do. That's what you're going to do. Cool. But I, and I didn't, I didn't realize this until it, it was a thing. And I'd worked there for a few weeks and started working behind the counter a lot more. And first of all, I, you get pretty quickly, you get pretty adapted to, oh, to knowing the cigarettes pretty well and the tobacco and everything. And it's kind of weird because it's, I didn't really, that's not a work. That's not a wheelhouse. I really wanted to, I didn't want to sit there and like, no, like, Oh, you like Marlboro red one hundreds or whatever, Marlboro menthol, whatever, you know, and this is, I, I don't like the stuff. And so I don't care for it and I don't really want to be around it. And, but then here I am. It's like, Oh yeah, let me get this for you guys for it. It'd be this much. And, um, you know, I know maybe I'm weird, but you let me know. But I, I discovered that about myself that I have some real disdain and un, like in pretty uncomfortable with being the vehicle or the provider, if you will, of specifically like cigarettes and 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 tobacco products in general. Dip I care a little less about. I don't know. I don't know why, but I still don't love it. I still don't want to. <laughs> Uh, provide it so but but i absolutely like abhor it like it was kind of weird you know you think i'm sure we've all had those moments where we didn't realize either like something got on our nerves so much or we love something so much or something just like hit a special spot in one way or another and like 
and you never would have realized it until that moment. You know, it's kind of like the first time I played pickleball. It's like I didn't realize how fun or cool this game could be or how much I was going to be into this game until I played it type of situation. Same here. It's like I didn't realize how much it would bother me to be point of sale, be a part of that process of someone getting their cancer sticks until it happened. And But now I realize it and realize, yeah, never going to go back to that. So uh, what weird quirky things do you not like being a part of, or uh, that seems to be what this was, was I, I don't get style, I'm not into that, and then I uh, just, uh, how much I hate smoking, so I don't know, but I think that's a good place to close out the episode, that was another Undead Archive Notes, and we'll keep this trend going, I'm liking it, I'm having fun, it's a good way to get caught up, because I'm realizing, you know, as I continue to podcast, I make so many notes about everything that it's like, I've got to crank these out, just in part to hopefully get caught up, because I'm looking at this, I'm looking at Wednesday's episode, and I'm like, oh, 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 there's so many I miss, and I've already, I've already taken down 10, 5 to 10 more notes, and it's like, I'm, I might need to, we might need to shift to twice a week on the, 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 the week, the daily dose of weird episodes, you know, my, I don't even know what to call them, but my fun episodes, but anyways, let me know what you think, uh, where you stand on the shoes, on the tips and on smoking ultimately. And I will say this, call me a hypocrite or just stick with, call me a Hanyak. I do enjoy occasional cigar and those I like, I think it's a little bit different, but uh, those I do enjoy. So say, and, and a pipe, they're cool. And something about the aesthetic of that more so than the actual act is cool, particularly being a Lord of the Rings fan. And they have some pretty great, those freaking pipes are awesome. But yeah, let me know anything and everything, any of your thoughts. Uh, you got a whole hands worth of ways to do that. You can email the show, surroundmeviking at gmail.com. You can leave a five-star review and give me uh, your feedback or answer or thoughts. You can text or leave a voicemail at 580-789-9258. Lastly, you can follow the link in the description to leave a voice message. That way you will be capped at a minute. You won't be capped on time in the voicemail. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Undead Notes. We will see you next time. Peace out, my Hanyaks.